Coming up, we talk about the city of Pueblo, 81009. And we talk about pizza. And communion wafers. And communion wafer pizza. We talk about the secret world of underground breakfast. We talk about what coast is the best coast. Well, West Rhymes. West Coast is the best. East Coast is the East Coast. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not chiming in what? on the rhyme. I'm not chiming on the rhyme. Well, you have to be like, <laughs> we talk about the, the Krumpus. The, the Krumpus. The Grumpus? The Grumpus. I'll give you a grumpus. <laughs> we get some advice. Unsolicited. Uh, well, unsolicited. No, you solicited it, but you solicited it on my behalf, which I felt was rather presumptuous. <laughs> and I get and I give really good advice. You do. I will say you you are not at fault here. Nobody's at fault. We're Brody, just talking about what we talk about. Brody's at fault, though. Why? The show takes a serious turn when we discuss autism. It's a sweet... Maybe you put some conversation. Yeah, it's true. Although my uh, my hatred of the, the peanut butter allergy lies. Yeah, that's weird. We play crazy or courageous with our guest Amber Tozer. Dancing in a casino. Dancing in a subway. Dancing in Cambodia. Oh, crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> On the Shaky Town Radio House. Five, four. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, look what you did. You flipped me off. The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I forgot for a second. Did you? No, you did not. I that was, did. That was a good piece of business. Though, no, three names is a lot to juggle. <sighs> it's already starting, isn't it? Um... Let's go ahead. Let's open because I, I want to get. We were talking about some stuff before we started recording, and I want to get right into it. Amber Tozer's here with us. Hi. Uh, hello. Uh, Hi. C- comedian, amateur dancer. Amateur? No, I am. That's. Well, have that's, you been paid for dancing? I don't want to talk about it. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be an awesome? I'm well, just saying. Really? No. I'm just saying. No. I'm just saying. Because it's like because it's like this is the thing is 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 I have um uh it. Oh hi! Hi, dog. Um, like, like I, I guess maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but like I've sold Cuban cigars to people, so I could say I'm a professional smuggler. Yeah. I'm like, here, give me a dollar for that. Now I've made money at it, so I'm a professional. So I just want. How, to make how sure. does that make you feel? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it was just one of those things where you could say you made money off of it. Yeah. Know? So you could say when people say, you know, oh no, that's what it was. It wasn't that. That was that was something else. Uh, uh, international smuggler, because we okay. brought because we brought him in through from Mexico. So I can say I'm Gene George, international smuggler. So take that out of the recording. <laughs> anyway, Amber, it's good to have you here. Um, you, uh, you're uh, one of my favorite uh, comics, and uh, thank we've, you. We've hung out at uh, various open mics and shows and things like that, and uh, uh, we had the opportunity to have you on before you ran off for the holidays. And yeah, I hear you're going to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to Hawaii for a week, and um, I'm a nanny, so I work with a, a really rich family, and they take me with them places. Nice. And then I'm going to go to Colorado to see my family. Very cool. So, Now, yeah. what part of Colorado? Pueblo. Pueblo. That's where all the... Um, That's 81009? Where you... Pamphlets. Yeah. Free consumer information. Yeah. 
Is that the, like the big industry in town? Is there like a huge warehouse? No, nobody in Pueblo really knows about that. What? It's like, I, when I moved to New York, that's the first time I ever heard about it. And when I go home, I'm like, did you guys, did you guys know that there's free consumer pamphlets coming out of this place? And they're like, really? I was like, and I guess it's just a small office in the Pueblo airport. But <laughs> no, nobody I know works there or does anything. I was hoping it was like a giant underground warehouse, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they just have like boxes and boxes and like it's run by robots or something. I wish it was like that too, but unfortunately it's not. There's no big story behind it. No. I imagine more like a, a well, Stephen we... King kind of thing, where it's, you know, if you come to town and you pamper with the sanctity of the pamphlets, right, right. then a clown eats you or something. I, I think I can make I, that happen. I, I so think, Pueblo's more interesting. I think you just made uh, I think you just made a more interesting story than Stephen King ever could have before. <laughs> um, that's so funny. You'd think they would have a lot of civic pride about that. I know, but I think it's just where the P.O. box is, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. And then all the consumer people go to Pueblo to pick it up and then take it someplace else. Because I honestly, it's not that huge of an operation. Yeah. That I'm aware of. Maybe I'm not the right person to talk to. Were you born and raised in Pueblo? Yeah. It's your family. I mean, so it's like, what's the what's the thing in Pueblo then? What's like the if you had to sum up Pueblo in a bunch of interesting words? <laughs> <laughs> um, no pressure, by the way. Sweet, uh, small town mentality, but it's not a small town. There's like over a hundred thousand people there. Right. Um, do drop in. That's my mom's restaurant. I gotta plug that. Oh, very cool. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of Mexicans. A lot of I, cool Mexicans. I can almost guarantee I know people who've eaten the do drop in. I've never been to Pueblo, but a lot of my friends work in Colorado, New Mexico. Oh, like really? My old archaeology buddies. Um, and I know I know people work out who work out of Pueblo. Um, I can't remember the names, of course, at the moment. But I, I can almost guarantee if if you, you, your folks have a restaurant there, then someone I know has eaten there. Guaranteed. Well, it's pretty popular, so yeah. I'm, you know, it's it's been around for 33 years. Yeah. It's really delicious. Yeah. So if you're in Pueblo. <laughs> What's the best dish at the Dewdrop Inn? Is it a chicken fried steak? Tell me it's chicken fried steak. No, it's pizza. Crap! <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have pizza? Yeah. Sweet. It, yeah, that's what it's. My mother came up with the recipe, and uh, she, my my father bought it as a bar, and there was a kitchen, <clears throat> and my my dad just wanted the bar, but my mom was like, "Let's sell food. We can sell food. There's a kitchen," and so she was at a uh, church one day, and um, for communion, she's Catholic. We're Catholic. Well, I was Catholic. She's Catholic. Um, there was instead of like the flat wafer that they usually give for communion, there was a, a sweet bread. So she she <laughs> ate it, and she was like, oh, my God, this would be amazing with marinara sauce. So she went home, and she did this huge trial and error with, uh, with the dough, and she came up with this pretty decent pizza recipe, and now she always says that God sent her the recipe. <laughs> when people ask me what the secret ingredient is, I just tell them the body of Christ. Wow. dude. <laughs> There you go. Oh, there we go. Is that not blasphemous? <laughs> For our our huge Christian listenership. <laughs> I uh yeah. Um that's kind of awesome. But but is it is it um is it 
crunchy or is it fluffy? It is a little bit of both. It's more like Chicago style, thick right. crust. Okay. Yeah, this crunchy on the outside, but then it's chewy. Mm-hmm. I've heard elevation affects that sort of thing, and isn't Colorado a very elevated state? Yes, and yeah, like the water is the water is different in right, states. Right. That's why mm-hmm. New York bagels are so delicious because of the water. Right, right. And um, not yeah, and, and and nothing else. <laughs> I, I honestly, I have a hard time telling telling the difference between bagel tastes. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's all they all taste about the same. Well, then I'll, I also get like, I'm the person that gets like locks and all kinds of schmears and onions yeah. and stuff. So, so it covers up the, yeah. the bread. Well, I, well I, you can definitely tell a bagel from a bakery than right, like right, a right. store bought. Oh, obviously. obviously. Oh, yeah. Well, but I used to have a friend who worked at Western Bagel here, and we, and she was like in love with one of my roommates so we literally ate so many friggin bagels from western bagel we had like a freezer full of western bagel and like every schmear and like all that stuff and it was like i couldn't eat bagels for like years <laughs> after were, that. were they dating or did no they just, she was she like just yeah was in love with, my, did, yeah. Did, did he like her back uh, as a friend uh, it was horrible oh yeah yeah work? back in back in you know hindsight being what it was but that's the thing he's a really he's a really nice guy you know and i think he was kind of oblivious you know so she was like here's my bagels yeah it's like oh you want some free bagels i work and he's like yeah sure thanks and you know it was like oh yeah looking back on it i'm like oh i was but but when i was you know that was probably when i was like 16 15 and he was a little bit older like i don't know in his 20s early 20s and um uh I was like totally oblivious to that kind of stuff. Completely oblivious. He he's really oblivious, but I was like oblivious and inexperienced. So it was What when a girl liked you? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I couldn't tell when girls like me, much less if this the the dynamic of this, I'll give you tons of free bagels and stuff if you just hang out with me a little while. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing now. I don't know. I haven't have her, have her on your show. Could <laughs> you imagine? Oh, I don't know about that. Chick. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can't do some Facebook digging or <laughs> find out about we that. We need to know. Speaking of... I'll do some finding out. Speaking of, of love and relationships and research. things of that nature, research. Amber, you um, have a advice column? On comedy.com? Oh, I used to. You do? Yeah, I, I don't do it anymore, but I, for, I think, it, when did I, I had it a year and a half ago, I did it. Right. And um, it was really fun, and I don't know why I stopped doing it. Oh, because I wasn't getting paid, and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this, but it, it, was, it. It, was, it was really fun, and it was funny because it was like... Wait a minute, wait a minute, we can it, stop doing stuff we're not getting paid for. <laughs> I just, I, if, if I wasn't afraid I would break the microphone, I would knock the microphone off. Walk, walk out right now. <laughs> Our one last working Our microphone. last working microphone. I mean, I don't get paid for a lot of things that I do, yeah. including dancing. Right. I really don't get paid. But, you know, I, I only have so much time. Yeah, yeah, no, but, it, but it was fun. I like, I, I really enjoyed it because if somebody asks you a question, you don't have to sit there and think about what to write. You already have like some... And I love writing about emotions and behavior, so it was yeah. it was a good time, and it was those were fun calls. Sort of I remember those. sick and twisted. Wait, yeah, did, and you felt. Uh, I mean, did you feel at all nervous 
at the prospect of like these people are going to heed my words they're going to make a decision a life decision based on my input no i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think about what <laughs> it sounds what like those you ever people needed. you're like i'm not getting paid for this i abrogate all responsibility <laughs> So ridiculous like if yeah. they took my advice they they deserved everything they got right so um no i did not take into consideration that they would even even read it let alone take my advice yeah, yeah. Nice. so um but i did have a good time thanks for reminding me about that yeah. maybe maybe i'll start something new but i really i do like the people at comedy.com and um i just i just need to get back <coughs> at this point right no absolutely, absolutely. yeah um I, you've uh, talked about this in other interviews, so we won't spend too much time on it. But um, I mean, you have had a an interesting line of of careers as you've made it out here in Los Angeles while you were also pursuing comedy. You um, sold mattresses on the underground market. Yes. Whoa! Well, is there a huge underground mattress market? Huge. Yes. Oh my god! What? Is this like stuff that falls off the back of trucks or? No, well, there's a lot of shady, like, refurbished business Uh. going on, and it's really bad, but there's also just, like, cheap mattresses that are legit, and you could, if you find a wholesaler who who will sell to you, then you can buy from them and then resell. Right, so gray market, basically. Gray, yeah. Gray, that's that's a good way to put it. (laughs) I was in the gray market. The gray mattress. My mattresses were, like, a B plus, I'd say. I, I give my mattresses a B plus, but yeah, I started a a business on Craigslist with my friend, and we sold and delivered over six hundred mattresses. Yeah. Holy moly! Yeah, that's like a going concern. Holy crap! Yeah, six hundred for two years. That's all I did. I've for like cash. moved. I've moved like I'll, I'll say six mattresses in my life, and fuck that. <laughs> I I don't know. I was so and you're like I what? was so you're passionate like, about it. Honestly. I, <laughs> I, I moved to Los Angeles to, like, do comedy and write and act, and once I started doing mattresses, I would wake up in the morning, and I wouldn't think about my career, but I would think about, like, oh, I gotta sell a King Double Pillow Top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, like, obsessed about King Double Pillow Tops, because it was really good money. I don't know, but I, I was very passionate about it. Yeah. And then, um... Were you still then, doing it at the time that, um... I mean, they filmed you on uh, Last Comic Standing. Yeah. You? Were you still doing it at that time? Yeah. I, that's... Yeah, I was doing it for a good two years, so I was... That was my main bread and butter for a long time. With my neighbor. My, yeah. my lesbian neighbor. <laughs> and we would drive to... We, in Los Angeles, the, the market was really catty. Honestly, it was like show business. Oh, yeah. People would stalk my ads on Craigslist and call and prank me. I was like, I can't sell in this town. It's too... Yeah. It's too immature. So we <laughs> so we would sell to San Francisco because it's like more of a sophisticated right, right, right. town. People just want a mattress. Right. This, and, um, the parallels to comedy are, are, are <laughs> incredible at this point. Like, yeah, they appreciate, they appreciate mattresses in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, I just, don't, I just don't, like, get people, they're, like, calling me, wanting them to do, like, free showcase mattress shows. Like, I can go up there, and, and it's great work. It was good work. We would deliver 20 mattresses in three days, and then I'd go to the punchline and do a spot. And, did you, and actually do good, and, 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 and have and, an audience that wants to see you. Yeah, comedy. and have, like, real people in the audience. It was now, nice. You, 
you um, went from Pueblo. You didn't come right here, right? You, there was a little time there in New York as well, you mentioned? Yeah, seven years in New York. <laughs> a little, little bit, seven years. A little bit. Yeah, right after college, like one-way ticket, two suitcases, the whole thing. So you did like the, that was totally like, it was like out of a bad movie. It, it was... Did you play I, a I harmonica all the way or me. something? Did you, did you have like Woody Guthrie music playing in your head as you were like traveling on on the bus to New York? Or no, did you fly? I, I flew. Oh, see, at least you did. And then I had a hotel room for a week. It wasn't that dramatic, but I didn't really have a place to stay or anything. How old were you? I was, I had just turned 22 when that's, I did that. That's yeah. pretty, pretty bold. Yeah, I think I'm more crazy than I am courageous. I don't. I don't know the difference. Maybe I don't. Know. I don't think there is a lot of difference. Yeah. I think there's a certain. I well. I see. I think. I think it crazy. I think the difference between crazy and courageous is um, the amount of like ticks that go along with it. <laughs> I, I, seriously. Yeah, I, I that's think, a good. That's a good point. I, I think like you know, if someone is like completely crazy but like stoic, mm-hmm. like that man's courageous. He ran into that building and saved but if like you know you're like busy yelling about how you're Jesus Christ while you run into the building and save a puppy that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good I example just, now yeah. I need to run into a burning building and see what kind of behavior I'd have yeah so I don't know if I'm courageous right so you're 22 you get off the plane bus I'm gonna say the bus <laughs> did you what, yeah. did you take a taxi from the airport or did you take a bus or the subway taxi so, I don't think you really want me to I just, I want, I want The first time point. I ever went to New York, I took a bus from Chicago okay. to New York. So let's Greyhound. just say that. <laughs> so you get off the bus, fresh-faced, first time in New York. Slash is sitting under a, <laughs> a bank of televisions. Right. Oh, You're mixing your mouth. I'm mixing my coasts too because I believe that yeah, video to the... Appetite for Destruction was the album song? Welcome to the Jungle was yeah. the song okay, Guns right. N' Roses was the band Axl Rose was the same. portraying himself as he was when he stepped off the bus from Indiana where did he go LA? yes uh, Hollywood the Sunset Strip uh, that's my Axl Rose impression it was great you should take that on the road oh my god you're gonna wake up the dog. I doubt it. She's actually she's she needs her ears cleaned. Aww. So at seven years in New York. Yes. Uh, doing the stand up circuit. The, or no. Acting, or both. None of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I didn't start doing stand up till three years into to me living there. I think I started in two thousand two. Uh. I have a business degree. I didn't know that I would... I never wanted to do stand-up comedy. But then I... But I thought I would, that I wanted to be a comedic actress, but I didn't tell anybody. So I had all these, like, business jobs. <laughs> and, uh... Because the internet was booming yeah. when I moved there. So there were plenty of jobs. I would just, you know, hop around being, like, a marketing associate and... Business research, analyst. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was in business development and, uh... You know, just a bunch of stuff that I was, like, trying to pretend to be good at, but really I was crying inside. Nobody, Nobody's good at that stuff. That's the secret, is nobody's good at that stuff. Some people are really good at it. Some people are good. Some people are and smart. And they love it. <clears throat> Some people love it. But, there's, but those jobs are so vague that I don't think anyone is ever really good at. No, not unless, like, not unless you fall in love with it and you go yeah. home and you research it and you figure out your own niche. Right. But if you're just some sort of associate that's getting you know, a decent salary and you show up and you sit there in a cubicle, you're like, what? It's... Here's a it's, PowerPoint presentation yeah, for this meeting. 
There we go. <laughs> Slides. Look, it makes a crash noise and it comes sliding across the screen. Yeah. So what's the inciting incident that got you doing stand-up? I mean, you're there being <clears throat> doing these business jobs. You want to be a comedic actress. Mm. At some point, you have the idea to do stand-up. Well, I would go to comedy shows almost every night. Almost every night, like a comedy dork, and just be at every show and meet all these comics. And then I took a six-week workshop, like comedy writing, or... I know it was a stand-up comedy workshop, and then you, when you graduated, you'd get you get a five-minute stage time thing, and I was at uh, Stand-Up New York. And so I did it once, and I didn't do great, but I didn't do horrible, but it reinforced me enough to keep doing it. And I was a big drinker, so I was just, like, drunk all the time. <laughs> Which really, really helps in your early career. It does. No, I'm not. I wasn't joking. Oh, wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was completely... Mm-hmm. Not that I was wasted every time before I got on stage, but I definitely would have a few. And then I just felt more comfortable if I was able to party with the comics afterward. Mm-hmm. And it just became sort of a lifestyle. So I'd be like, have these 9 to 5 jobs and then just be so excited about comedy at night once yeah. I started doing it. And I, I had a great time in New York. It, it, I mean, they're so supportive out there and the audiences are just... Um, well, I hear you, so you can make it there. You can make it anywhere. Yeah, well, I didn't make it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't make it there, it so I came here. <laughs> but it doesn't. But that, that's the thing: is not making it there doesn't preclude you making it somewhere else. It's just if you can make it there, right. you can make it anywhere. So, like, maybe you can't make it in Chicago, but you'll do great in Seattle and like Portland and like Albuquerque. Yeah. See, that'll that'll do. I don't know. I, I go back there every once in a while yeah. to just like hang I out love and New do York. some shows. And that's not it's, just a cliche. Yeah. I love I love living there, but I, I was ready to go. Right. Like after seven years, I was I was ready to it's hard. Were there who were the some of the folks that we might know who you were um sharing, you know, stage time with as far as and are they people you know, still New York comics or anybody else who kinda came out here at the same time as you did? Um, let's see. Aaron Foley. She's uh, she's a good friend of mine. She was doing it um, before I did. I feel like a lot of people that I performed with, I was like the newbie, and so you know, I would I would be excited because I'd be on a show with like Todd Berry or Janine Garofalo, <laughs> right, right. You know, at Luna Lounge, uh, eat, uh, Jeff Singer's Eating It show um, was really popular, so I would do that show every once in a while, and yeah. you know, Mark Marin, all those guys, uh, Andy Blitz. Who else did I do some shows with? I don't know. Yeah. There was like, there, that we're all scattered. But I feel like we're either in LA or New York now. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, um, I mean, there's a lot of shows out there that are like, I mean, I'm thinking of like the Moth. I know the Moth does stuff out here. Yeah. Um, and Risk, which I'm guessing Kevin Allison's Risk that I think has popped up since you moved. Here, but it's going on in New York. But oh, okay, but I don't know that one. Kind of like those storytelling kind of shows. Yeah, is, which is that what Eating It was? No, Eating It was just sort of experimental comedy. Okay, okay. it was it was do whatever you want comedy. You okay. could read, you could play music, or okay. you could do your straight set. Yeah. Was it the alternative comedy? It was the alternative. I just I just get the impression. No, that's comedy. That's not <laughs> funny. Can we talk about that? It's comedy. Do people you... hate? Some people hate that word. Like <laughs> yeah, some yeah. people are like, "What's alternative?" I hate that word. I hate. What but you know what? Though? I don't even know. 
whatever. I, I've been thinking about this a lot because we've we this we've we've talked about this on the show before, but like um, the new comedy club here in Burbank, Flappers, and I finally went to a show there, and it is. I think I really do think that there is an alternative comedy, whether it's ill-defined or not. But there's definitely a difference between because one of my friends was going up on the show at Flappers, uh-huh. and and we came up through kind of the alternative comedy open mics in town. This is friend of the show, MJ Offen. Yes, it is actually. Um, I, I never remember what I sh- who I should say about anyway. <laughs> whatever. But but it's definitely it's definitely a very different vibe of comedy. It's very much you know club comedy. Versus alternative comedy, and I think it's just like I've been I've been giving it a lot of thought, and, and I, I think I have a handle on what it is what it means to me. I don't know whether this is what it means to other people, but I think alternative comedy comes from at least for me a more honest place. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm telling stories. I may I may be I may be saying things that I'm saying things that I think are funny, and and they're maybe true about me. Not necessarily things that I think are going to make other people laugh. Like, I can write a joke that I know will make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I can make an absurd little stupid joke or whatever wordplay and, and get a laugh, but it's not necessarily something that I care about. But if I say something, I think alternative comedy to me is more of I'm telling jokes that I think are funny, not funny jokes. You know? Right, 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 right. Because that club thing is, seems to be very like, if I say penis, I'm going to get a laugh. Hey, penis, boop, 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 and, you know, whatever. Um, and there seems to be a lot of that. Not to say that it's not crafted as well, you know. I'm sure, you know, they all the people that I saw that night were good comedians mm-hmm. in terms of getting up and talking into a microphone. Mm-hmm. Their sets were down, they, you know. Um, but I, I, that's what alternative is to me, is watching people that... that it, I think a lot of the people that I like and watch are more honest, I guess. Yeah and, I, yeah, and I feel like there's, there's a big difference in the type of delivery, the, the, the way that people actually even speak, because I feel like in the clubs, there's a lot of, like, this is a joke, I'm going to say setup, and here's yeah, the yeah. punchline, yeah, yeah. and with alternative, there might not ever be a punchline, <laughs> and it's still somehow funny. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Whether it's the way they somebody says something, or the way they don't say something, or a facial expression, but I just, I don't know, I just... Feel sometimes the clubs can be a little mechanical, but but at the end of the day, I think funny is funny. There there are club comics who are so squeaky clean and universal that I just die laughing at, and then yeah. there's club comics that I'm like, yeah, that the snobbery. There's no snobbery when I'm talking. About. Oh yeah, I, I, I laughed. I had a good time, right, and, right, and there right. was some there were some funny there, there were some not funny comedians on that yeah. show, but there were some really funny comedians. And there's unfunny alternative oh, people yeah. who try to be like the yeah the. On the flip side, the alternative, like, people try to be, sometimes I feel like, I'm going to be so crazy and so weird, nobody will get it, but it, right. may, it it's enjoyable to me. It's the so, performance art aspect. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Now, what kind of, I mean, what sort of stuff were you seeing? Was that the sort of stuff you were seeing in, that, in this experimental setting in New York? Um, you, I, I, lo- I loved it. I felt like every, everybody was, almost everybody was pretty funny. And had a, had a handle on what they were good at, and even if they were experimenting and being ridiculous, it still it still worked. But um, but I do like what you said about it, just the honest the honesty behind it, as a as opposed to like picking 
you know, reaching really far to maybe find something that somebody will laugh at, but it means nothing to you, just as long as you get the laugh. I, I like it when it's it's really honest. But I wonder, too, I wonder, too, because you also said something that sort of gelled a, a thing in my head was, um, if you're at a club, you're trying, you, you're, you're, you may be making an audience that doesn't know anything about comedy, doesn't care anything about comedy, you, you might want to make them laugh. So how do you make someone you've never met? I mean, if you go to an alternative room, I'm going to say in this town, 80%, 60% of the room is are comedy nerds. There right, may be some people right. who've wandered in. But like you go to UCB, like you do Comedy Death Ray or, or, or um, well, what used to be after Comedy Death Ray, um, uh, see you next Tuesday. You know that room is ninety percent comedy nerds, mm-hmm. and they're gonna at least get what you're trying to do. Rather than you know, it, we, we, even if they don't like it, they're gonna understand it. As opposed to, you know, mom and pop who were like, "Got to sit for the kids. We're gonna go out and right, see some comedy." Right. So you have to walk in and go, "My wife, I hold her purse when she shops." Well, it's emasculating, isn't that right, fellas? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and immediately make that connection as opposed to be able to do something more experimental. That's going to People are going to sit back and go, oh, I see what you're doing. I appreciate that. And I will laugh. Yeah. So, but that, 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 that's, well, it's just intellectual. So I'll, I'll, I'll get go. <laughs> well, thanks everyone. Thanks for stopping by. The music on this episode is the Dead Kennedy song, Holiday in Cambodia, as done by Richard Cheese from his debut album, Lounge Against the Machine. He takes punk and alternative songs and he does lounge versions of them. You can find out all about Richard Cheese at richardcheese.com. So you decide after working the circuit in New York. <laughs> Which like is a boxer. I was like, or no, I was gonna say like vaudeville. Yeah. And that was the day that I had to follow the dog act, and then I left. <laughs> you, um, you know, you started your stand-up career there, honed your craft, uh, tried some experimental stuff, decided to make the move to L.A.? Uh-huh. Um, what was your immediate reaction when you started going to the shows here? And mm. did you have any uh, compatriots that sort of helped ease you into that transition? Yeah, I had a few New York buddies out here who were like, go to this show, talk to so-and-so. So the actual meeting people to do shows wasn't that difficult, but I I felt at first like a little disappointed because I kept comparing it to New York, and which is not a good idea at all. It's, it's a, a dumb idea because then your expectations are weird. But... Um, I feel like I was a little disappointed because it's more competitive out here, which, it, you know, this is this is where shit happens, and you need to, like, do it on your own, and you can't be everybody's best friend. But I, I, I do feel like in, in New York there was just a lot more support from other comics. And out here, I don't know. I don't know, I just, it just felt a little weird. Or maybe that was just in my head. Maybe I told myself that because mm-hmm. I was in Los Angeles and a little intimidated. So, yeah, maybe I was just intimidated, but... Um, oh, I think you were. I, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> I'm so insecure. <laughs> my parents did the best they could, and it wasn't good enough. Even, but, after, um, <laughs> even, even after eating Body of Christ pizza, you still... Ugh. I know. 
well, I don't need it anymore, so maybe, maybe I just need some of my, mom, my mom's pizza. But um, I, I was slightly disappointed, I guess, because, and the audience members, I feel like everybody in the audience is like a writer, an actor, a comic, so you get up on stage, there was always this, like, layer of judgment before you even... Because everybody's in the business. In New York, there's, like, normal people who do so many different things in the audience. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it was just intimidating, but I eventually got over it. And, you know, I I, and I still enjoy doing comedy. I probably don't do it as much as I should out here because you have to drive. and Right. It's it's so diff Like, it's, 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 it's difficult. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say is, is it, I, I, I've, someone that I know um, on Twitter was talking about going to, to do an open mic and she posted like I'm gonna do this open mic oh and then like five minutes later oh they were closed so I'm just gonna walk down the block and do this other open mic in New and York and I'm like yeah New York oh, I'm like, yeah. and I'm like fuck you yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna go do this open mic oh it's closed I'm gonna drive 45 minutes to try and get on that other open mic that happens at the same time yeah and it's like boo <laughs> um, that alone has got to be so much nicer is you know being able to like jet a couple blocks from yep. venue to venue and do like two or three open mics a night or or, or a couple shows a night right yeah because this is just like if you're not doing a showcase somewhere god forbid you're doing two things across town it's like boo right right, right. <clears throat> it's i feel it's just so much easier to stay home in los angeles it really is oh absolutely i love staying in here in new york i get so antsy if i'm in i'm like yeah. something something i'm missing something great right, right. in los angeles i'm like i'm not missing anything i have tivo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no well that's the thing is is since the baby's been born i i don't think i've gone up done stand up um you better you better talk about that baby i will talk Wow. Um, but the baby's, nice awesome. the baby's awesome. The baby's awesome. I don't know what time it is. Um, but uh, depending on how long this runs, you might get to see the baby. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I did my last book show the December before she was born, and then I did, like, the last of the like, like, a couple months before she was born, and I haven't gone up and done stand-up on stage in a year and a half. Yeah. I, I and, it's, find and it's like, okay. But I'd much rather not have to try and fight traffic to get, you know, from Pasadena to Hollywood or from Burbank to Westwood or someplace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So. But, I mean, you, besides stand-up, um, I have also been doing, like, you, and you already mentioned doing shorts and things like that. Actually, as as early as 2005, you were doing um, something called the Tozer the Show. animated shorts? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I did uh, two, of, two of those with... Um, my friend Orner Tukel, who was so nice and, and did all the artwork. Uh, I want to do more, but he, I need to find another animator because he's super busy and he lives across the country. Sure, so sure. anyway, but the an the animated shorts were cool. They were just sort of illustrations of my comedy. And I can, just like the, which, the first one, Bombs and Blue Balls. It's just so funny because my, my early, my early stand-up I, I feel like I talk about like I've made it. I've done nothing with my career. <laughs> I'm like my early stand-up. Like just when I said that, I was like, you're retarded. Um, but I did it. <laughs> no, no. Look, as far as anyone knows. As far as 
anyone knows, I I got I have a few things going on. Let's just assume that. Let's just assume that that you know some university is the University of Colorado at Pueblo. Is teach, they they probably have your papers collected somewhere. They're, they they teach a course in like the you know in like the drama department on your on your career. Yes. Okay. So I'm just, gonna think you know, that. Just just keep just, that in the back of your head. You'll be fine. I need some confidence. Okay. No. Um. Yeah. Just. Just what one of them's bombs and blue balls, and it's so dirty. It's like me drinking and blue balling dudes, and and um, <laughs> it, it, it was just my like early stand up. I, I mean, it's funny, but it was just like all dirty. And my mom actually saw that animated short, and she, at the do drop in, I'd go home and she'd have shows for me. So I tried to make extra cash so the local newspaper would write up an article like, Oh, Amber Tozer's back in town, she's gonna do a show. And so they'd pay five bucks at the door, and I showed the animated short um, in front of everybody, including my mom and her friends. Oh. And it was silent. Like, wow. th- like the younger kids were giggling and laughing, and, yeah. and like a couple like stoner kids were like, "That was awesome." But for the most part, my mom and her friends, and like my aunts and relatives, they would not talk to me because there was like a sex scene in there, right. and. I was like, because this is a woman that makes pizza out of the body of yeah. our Lord. Yes, but she wasn't. She's really not that Catholic. Like after her first, <laughs> after her well, first divorce, she's certainly <laughs> she stopped being Catholic. She's so. certainly she's certainly you know not so Catholic as she would realize that maybe hey, this would taste great with marinara sauces. Might might not be what you should be thinking while you are accepting communion. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah, especially with this wine. Maybe if the wine was a little drier. <laughs> well, she doesn't like blue ball scenes in an yeah. anime. I, I know. I was like, Mom, but in the, first of all, I was a cartoon character, and I blue balled him. Like that's I didn't do it. <laughs> so maybe anyway, she was angry at that. She is just angry because it's sexual. Ah. How did how did she feel about um, being made fun of for her multiple marriages uh, on NBC? She said she was okay with it, but I don't think she is. she's actually very cool now like we've had our like we've had a lot of discussion about my comedy and my career and the way I I talk about her and and the dirtiness and you know I'm a little bit more aware of it now but it's still like I had to live like I'm gonna talk about it it's it's my part of my life Mm -hmm. and I don't want to like disrespect her at all but she's cool now she's 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 way more laid back. I feel like we both took a look at ourselves and are trying to to, to meet in the middle. Right. But I'm still going to say whatever the F I want. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's the difference. Again, we come back to being honest about it. If yeah. You're telling, if you're telling stories that are coming from your experience, you know, why would you want to pull back on that? Right. And I try not to be like, she's a bad person because of it, because she's not... I just try to say it from my perspective of, because I mean, I, 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 I'm not mad at her or upset with her, but I, I felt certain, I felt a certain way when I was growing up, you know? So I feel like I, sh- I can talk about it if I want to, so there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you have our, you have our permission. Thank you. Because <laughs> I know you. you were seeking, seeking our approval. Um... <clears throat> I don't know. I had a question, and I can't remember. This, this is I. I just I need to lay, lay my head down on the desk until I have a question. Okay. Okay. Good night. Um, Dean naps. Um, what about your siblings? Or how, how's their reaction to your 
And are they like, yep, yep, you're right. <laughs> are, um, they're pretty cool with it. I, um, they, they, they've only seen a few of my shows, though, because yeah. they're still in Pueblo, and um, I do a, f- a few inappropriate things about all of them. Yeah, I, I know. But, I've, I've seen you do stand-up a bunch of times, and I know that there's stuff in your act about your sibling. Yeah. There's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's... <laughs> yeah. What? No, 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 no. Uh, I was, I was, I was gonna say something about you don't have to do bits or anything, but, 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 but I'm just. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Come okay. on. No, no. There's, there's something no, you have in there's, mind. There's nothing. No, there's nothing behind that. Okay. I was, I was going to a place that I realized I don't, don't think I needed to say. Well, I, <laughs> I are you talking about the joke about my brother? Because my. My brother's gay, and, right. when, and when he's mean to me, I tell him that I hope he gets raped by a lady. <laughs> like, but I, I told him that I said that, and he was like, whatever. Because he's so, he's so, man, he's like the manliest gay dude ever. <laughs> right, right. He's like, whatever, man. La- ladies don't rape. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even, like, get, whatever. But, I mean, and then my other sister, um, Autumn, she gets... She gets, because I don't drink anymore, and I sort of talk about alcoholism, and mm-hmm. I do a bit about how she gets really drunk at my shows, and comes up to me afterwards being like, you shouldn't talk about alcoholism! <laughs> <laughs> it bums everybody out! And then my joke is like, well, your, your, your breath and that hickey on your neck is bumming me out. And she's like... It's not a hickey, it's a tattoo. And I'm like, why would you get a tattoo of a hickey on your neck? (laughs) (laughs) Or or wait, maybe it's vice versa. And that tattoo on your neck is bumming me out. That's not a tattoo, it's a hickey. I don't know, whatever. It's something like that. See, I don't even write my shit down. Um, (laughs) Choose your alternative, you don't need that. I don't need Just to get remember my No, it's okay. You don't have to. We've established that it's all written down in papers at the University of Colorado. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Transcribed. Right. I have somebody. I'm That's a job. Somebody's paying attention. That, hey, there you go. That, you should do that. I should. So we should we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a commercial for you. We'll put it in the... <laughs> Brady, Brady Foster Hubbard, uh, uh, independent transcriptionist yeah. for comedians. Yeah, archivist. I bet you... That, see? Go to shows, tape the shows, then just transcribe it and... Well, we, I would buy it. I would. I would seriously, because I. I don't record myself. I don't write stuff down. Occasionally, yeah. I'll. I'll re- in my notebook. I'll be like real quick. But I would love that. I feel like Amber's entrepreneur skills are contagious. I'm catching. I think it. so. You're getting you pa- guys- like it's like a mattress passion. <laughs> it's totally like a mattress passion. You're you good. should just show up shows and and you know be like, hey, I. I have your set transcribed. Do you want it? That sounds creepy. <laughs> it does. But I would make sure buy you it. Make, your, make sure you make your eyes and voice extra dead. I have your set transcribed. Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> very, very Buffalo Bill. Silence and lambs. Yeah, send a video of yourself. <laughs> like post a, a link of yourself on YouTube on their Facebook page. Hey. Do you like Sarah or song Sarah? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Career new ten point. Uh, <laughs> Creepy. Um, there, I think that's a growth industry. All right, let's do it. Two thousand eleven. Do it. 
You're the transcriptionist. Boom. That sounds like a really bad police procedural. <laughs> da, da, da. No, that's, that's, that's the, it's the Quinn Martin production. Tonight's <laughs> episode, the year of the transcriptionist. <laughs> a Quinn Martin production. Um, uh, you got to learn um, learn how to use a, uh, a steno- stenotype machine. So you can do like the court reporter. You can just sit there at the show with like your little steno. And... Oh yeah, stenographer. <laughs> Could you read that last joke back to me? <laughs> I want that last joke stricken from the <laughs> right, record. Right. Dude, comedy courtroom. Boom. We just have our we have our show. I'm sorry. Uh, I just slapped the table. No, that's okay. I actually Buna Murray area has done that. Supreme Court of Comedy. It's a, they do it at the comedy store. I don't know if they still do it, but Comedy yeah. Store. Is that is that Jamie Masada's? Is it? Uh, no. I, th- I think it's or the Laugh Factory. factory. Yeah. No. So it's at the Laugh Factory. They do a comedy show and it's set up like a courtroom? Yeah, yeah. It's like a people's court, but um, like Don Myrer is the judge, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's still on the air. I, I was I. I don't I, think it is, dude. I, I barely know. even think it existed. It, it's. Really I believe funny. you. I know people work on it. In air quotes, but <laughs> um, I believe you because you're my co-host, and I have to believe. There you go. It's only the weight of our our working relationship that allows me to invest any sort of belief in what you just said. <laughs> any credibility? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the that's the shred of credibility I have. It sounds like something that would be on the air. Oh, I'm so bummed. But see, there you go. There you go. You have you you, you set up the show, yeah. and you have a court reporter there who, who transcribes the whole thing. Does it, would, would it make a lot of noise? The machine that I don't think it makes a lot of noise. I don't think no, it oh, it has to be quiet if it's in the courtroom, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, it, it, it couldn't possibly make much more noise than a keyboard. Let's do this the research, man. All right. Comedy courtroom. We're on it. Um, See, but now I'm thinking about, you know, there's just like all this sort of, you can't do it. Because I was going to say, you could have like, you could have the host, like, you know, objection, (laughs) but but that's like the Benson interruption. uh, Yeah. Dude, I'm all bummed. What just happened? You went from like... I'm mercurial. I'm mercurial. I'm mercurial in in temperament. I'm just realizing. Over now, what's happened? I get the bar hunch. (laughs) I I think this is a real problem that people have. We we get ideas. Yeah. We get excited about them. And then you talk yourself out of it. Exactly. Yeah. That that all just happened in thirty seconds. It did. Oh uh, no! I yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, because I realized that it's derivative of a number of things. Well, I mean, you guys started this podcast, and you didn't talk yourself out because you could have easily said, "Well, well there's so many podcasts and comedy." If we had started that. this, but you didn't. You're doing if it. If we had started this podcast like six weeks later, I would have talked myself out of it because it was like we yeah. started. I mean, it's not like there weren't a million podcasts before this, but literally like a week or two after we started this podcast. Every single, I mean, I don't know if, if maybe we were the tipping point. Maybe it was like if Gene George can do a podcast, I sure as fuck can do a podcast. <laughs> you know, it's it's like I can I, I also be honest and say that um, early on in the conception, um, there was a slight misunderstanding on my part of a a format change that I thought Gene wanted to make, and I I said you know I'm not sure if I'd be the right person for this. And um, I, I almost walked. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And he explained it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And everything uh, proceeded as normal. But, and that means- but I, ha- I, had, like, I had a good weekend where I was like, 
sighing about it and like, oh, I don't know if, if this if this is going to work. I don't think this, no, this won't work. This couldn't work. But what is the format? You just have a comic on and shoot the shit? Well, who, whomever. Yeah, it, it's not just me. Oh, it just, it just okay. happens to be Brody. Brody came into, you know, from the music side. So his folks tend to be, folks that he's interested in talking to, although he loves comedy too, tend to be musicians, artists, and things like that. Oh, I see, I but see. But he knows a lot of comics as well. And so it's people that we, we've been interested in. It just happens to skew heavily towards yeah. comedy and music. Right, right, Because yeah. that's our mutual interest. Plus, I think comedy is the medium best served by podcasting. Yeah, people who yeah. talk for a living are generally good to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. musicians are just it, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I'm a musician, I'm above you, I play the instrument, <laughs> And it was worse. The worst one was uh, was Tom Neely because he just sat there and drew the whole show. He was just like, he didn't like it. He was a wonderful. Guest. He was a wonderful guest. Yeah, you better say he's a wonderful. And guest. he was a wonderful. Quick guest. plug: you can see his uh, Henry and Glenn anti Christmas special. Right, right. We'll put a link up to it on the site with Hall ha- and it. With yeah, and Satan. No, Black Santa <laughs> and the Krampus. Yeah. The Krampus has been getting a lot of airplay lately. I do not. Maybe Amber, do you know about this? I, I don't. It's, I have the, no idea what you're talking about. The Krampus about. is the the short of it is, the Krampus is a Germanic Germanic, dark companion to Santa. Basically, Santa is to reward good kids, and the Krampus is to reward bad is to punish bad kids, or reward them with their just desserts. So, basically, yeah, the Krampus basically bears bad children away to hell. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Just like, you know, just like in, you know, grim fairy tales, it used to be, you know, the still beating heart of a stag instead <laughs> of Snow White's heart and, you know, um, sleeping beauty. darkness. Beating. Yeah, it's, it's really, really dark. I mean, it's very, <laughs> like, you know, early Nine Inch Nails dark. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, the, but the Krampus, I've, you know, was one of those things where you, nobody really knew about the Krampus. And then, like... There was an episode of Adventure Brothers had it in there, and now everybody, it's the Krampus has jumped the shark. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for showing up, everybody. I brought this podcast to a screeching halt twice. <laughs> so, Amber, you also, um, up until recently, were doing uh, a blog, Public Bravado. Oh, yeah. Um, have you are, you, are you planning on continuing that in a different matter i think i'm gonna start a a new one because i just feel so different and my just because i'm old er and that one was like i started a long time ago yeah we are here since like what 2002 yeah we are here to talk about the opening of the amber tozer wing at the university of colorado (laughs) right in retrospect for your for your decades of uh of comedy right well, it has, well, I mean, that thing, I, I had a good time on, on, um, public bravado, Tozer is a lady, um, um, blogspot, but, uh, I don't know, every time I go to write on it, I'm like, I'm not that same girl, so I, I know it sounds so cheesy, I'm like, nobody reads this thing anyway, but, um, I, I would like to start a, a, something new, and I just feel like with Facebook and Twitter now, I could, I post notes sometimes, and I don't specifically keep it for a blog, mm-hmm. but um, I, I will start something new, because I do like to rant a lot about n- nothing and anything, so, um, but I, I, uh, 
I, I just think with face, I, I ever since I've been like really into into like mini updates, I don't blog as much. Right. I spend way more time. Just yeah. Well, I was gonna say because because that's the thing is I mean, um, you know, like I said, I stopped doing open mics and shows a long time ago, and, and that's how we would see each other most often. And then we started doing the um, show at the M Bar, the Supper's Ready show, and I saw you a couple times, but other than that, Twitter is like the main way I see a lot of the people I know from comedy is, you know, just BSing back and forth on Twitter or looking, just looking at updates. So, but I have the same kind of problems. Like we have a blog and I post on Twitter all the time. It's like, unless I have something specific in mind that doesn't fit the 140 character format, it's just so easy to go, look at this guy in front of me. What an idiot. And push the button and off it goes. And I was talking about Brody when I meant, look at the guy in front of me. What an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's it seems like it kind of I won't say it saps my will to live because I enjoy it. But do you feel that it kind of dilutes your comedy, or does it di- di- divert you from? Is it a good thing the diversion of 140 character short updates, and you're not blogging as much? Yeah. You know, I I really don't think about it too much. Whenever I go to my I. I, I, I love, um, and let me see, I'm trying to answer your question without sounding really stupid. I'm fine with just doing the updates. I feel like if I have a blog, I would want it to be more niche instead of me ranting about anything and everything because I could do that all day long on Facebook and Twitter. I'm not going to have a blog for it. So if I do start a blog, I want it to be more specifically about something like mm-hmm. i'm couch surfing right now so i would love to do like a, a couch surfing sort of series yeah or you know something that that has a point or a subject or a topic that i could focus on otherwise i'll just be like talking about myself and i don't and i could do that on facebook and twitter <laughs> <laughs> no why, why are you couch surfing right now Besides the obvious reason you don't have a residence. <laughs> because I'm um, saving up money to, um, I want to do a web series that involves like serious travel to like South Africa and India and I, and I have this idea so I'm just saving up money and, I ha- and I'm lucky enough to have like really cool friends who are like stay here, you know, so I'm just bouncing around and I, they're enabling me to do it. So mm-hmm. Kickstarter, dude. Well... I I, try, I want to do Kickstarter, but my idea involves a little bit of charity, and they won't. Kickstarter doesn't do that. But there's this other site called Indiegogo, mm. and I've already got it sort of. Uh, my idea and everything, like all my fundraising stuff, is going to go up um, end of January. What's the what's the um, what's the deal with Kickstarter and charity? You you can't. It has to be strictly commercial. Um, entertainment, creative. They won't do anything if it involves um, charity. Because they don't want to blur the line. They don't want a bunch of nonprofits coming I understand, on. I understand. And, you know, no, I think I understand yeah. why, but I just I didn't realize why. What could you could you could you? Well, it sounds like you already have everything set up, but I'm trying to get it straight in my head. But could you pitch something and like maybe the money the money that you raise from Kickstarter would that still blur the line and you use your own money for whatever charitable work you're going to do? Well, the the whole idea is like entertainment meets charity. I I, I won't give you the specifics oh, because mind. I have like. Because I just don't, I, I just don't want to blab about it yet. Not sure. I will in a couple of months, but 
the it's like entertainment meets charity cool. and it's it has too much charity involved uh, for them. Mind. I already went back and forth with them a little bit. They were super cool, but I felt like I was almost dealing with an intern too because I would get these cut and pasted responses. Thank you for your response. <laughs> we don't deal with X. Like one of them was, she, she forgot to fill in the problem and it was like, you could tell it was a cut and paste. I was yeah. like, you know what? It's it's not meant to be so. But Indiegogo.com will do, they seem really legit and already have like a, a bunch of successful projects going and you could and you could do it for a cause too. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have that stricken for the record. <laughs> um, Why, we can't talk about Kickstarter? No, no, we, we talk about it all the time. Oh, okay. We have a, a, had other guests who, some have, who had success with it, some who didn't. Yeah. It's a it's it's a great concept. Yeah, I think with Kickstarter you can't. If your goal is to raise ten thousand dollars and you don't reach ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you don't get the money. Right, right, right. right. See, it's funny with Indiegogo. If your goal is ten thousand and you don't, if you get five thousand, they still let you run with it. But you have a responsibility to. You have to be able to finish the project. Yeah, the yeah, donors. Yeah. There's weird. I don't know, but I'm gonna go for it. Very cool. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. Well, let us know. We'll we'll, we'll promote it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm I'm working on it now. So. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Uh, you were in West Hollywood before you were couch surfing. Yeah, I was in right. West Hollywood, and then I was in a guest house in Brentwood, and now I'm couch surfing. And then I went to Southeast Asia. Okay. Yeah, I won a trip playing online trivia. Oh, wow. A couple really? of my dance videos are in uh, Cambodia and, <laughs> and Ho Chi Minh City. So you won a holiday in Cambodia? Yeah. Three weeks. Just like the dead candy. Yeah. That was Oxnard New Choices Live. Ah. Had it written a lot. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> Very cool. So, so it was, where'd you go? Cambodia and... Uh, <laughs> Bangkok, Cambodia, Thailand. and Vietnam. Sweet. Yeah. So. All, <laughs> all places we bombed. <laughs> no, I know. Did we bomb Thailand? No. Cambodia we yeah, because we were trying to hit the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Yeah, yeah. And then we were like, oops, we have bad aim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm winking and, and making a little okay face at the, uh, at right. the microphone. Now, what was the genesis of these uh, dance videos? Um, well, I just like to dance. The, I really like to dance. It sounds so cheesy. <laughs> But the very first one, it was sort of like a happy accident. I was in Las Vegas, and um, and I was hanging out with my little sister. Was it the one in Mandalay Bay? I think it was at the Rio. Oh, it was, it was at the, the Rio. Was, I remember seeing when you posted that, and I was like, yeah. I know that casino. It was the, the Rio. The Gambler. Yeah. Yeah, that's my first one. And and I was like, they were playing all these good songs. I was like, I want you to film me dancing. <laughs> and she was like, what? I'm, I'm like, just indulge my narcissism. Here, hold this camera. And uh, then Britney Spears' song came on, and I just, like, loved it, and she filmed it, and I posted it. And then I was like, I'm going to make more. And the whole idea is just to do them in public. Right. This this one on the subway with, with, with my hair, that has to be fairly recent. Yeah. I did that one a few recent. weeks ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was in... Uh, New York and my friend Danny Cohen filmed me. And in that one, sometimes I have a boom box to... Well, people probably don't know what the hell we're talking about. I make dance videos in public. That's And I have music playing. And people are just ignore me, usually. But sometimes I have a boom box and the camera person will follow me. But for the one on the subway, um, 
I have my iPod in, <laughs> so I'm the only one that can hear the music, and because I taped it to my ears because I was whipping my head around, and um, so I'm the only one that could hear it, which which is a little disappointing because I want I don't want to come off as crazy like. I, <laughs> <laughs> Again, we come back to the crazier courageous. <laughs> right, crazier right, right. courageous. Dancing in front of a bunch of people with a boombox is courageous. <laughs> <laughs> Taping your iPod, <laughs> your buds in, and no one else can hear the music. That's, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> but it is a quintessential New York experience. It's like is she having a seizure? What's going on? Oh, she's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, I wish I would have done it with a boombox looking back, but um, I didn't have a boombox with me. <laughs> right, right. You can get those little speakers for your iPod. I know! I didn't I didn't pack one, and I was like, oh. I'll just use my iPod. But <laughs> I, then I have to time it, like, when I loop the song in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, but, um, I, re- I really like those dance videos, because it, it's... They're funny, they always make me laugh. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, they're you. definitely one of those things that I watch. And oh, Amber. <laughs> and then I laugh. Because it's hilarious. It is hilarious. What do, is it? Are you embarrassed for me? Cause I'm, one of my I'm friends... embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for everybody. <laughs> I'm, not, 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 not everybody in the video, but I, I'm always, that's, that's, that's me though. I'm, I'm probably the, I'm surprised as hell that I can get on stage and talk about things because I'm mortified for everybody all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. This is. We've talked about this on the show before. I. I. I it's like I can't watch curb your enthusiasm, because I just want to yell at the screen. Fucking idiot! All you need to do is apologize right now. <laughs> Say I'm a fucking idiot and walk away, and everyone's happy. You no. get really emotionally involved. I do. I do. I totally do. I totally do. I totally well, thanks do. for caring. That's right. <laughs> I care too much, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I am. I, I there's a lot of. But when it's funny, I'm okay with it. You know, when it's funny, I, I can watch stuff. But, like, when people post, like, sets of theirs and things like that, and it's not very good, I'm, like, about halfway through, I usually have to bail on it. Yeah. Like, Does this get better? Because I gotta go. <laughs> and I can't, like, I can't, I hardly, I'll listen to the show when it's, like, a really good show, our show, um, but I have a really hard time, like, going back and listening to live stuff. Yeah. You know? Like in the moment, it's I'm tough. It, I, I'm sure I would be a much better stand-up comedian where I am. But like sketch and things like that, because you know, like stuff you rehearse, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with. You know, state more stagey theatrical stuff, I'm perfectly fine with because I know you're hitting the right whatever. Um, but you know, extemporaneous speaking, stand-up stuff like that, I can't listen to myself because I'm mortified. But I know I'm okay. You know. I mean, I want to hear, I, and I have taped my stuff so that I can listen to it back, and I do, when I do listen to it and grit my teeth, I'm like, oh, well, I can make a change there, stop playing with the mic, or do whatever you do when you watch tapes of yourself, but, yeah, it's hard, really, really, really hard for me, really hard. So. <laughs> I believe in you, my... Thank you. See? You always go from being so excited. <laughs> I just love sitting here and watching you go off because I know, because I just know the twist is coming. <laughs> it's like you're like I'm so like, excited I'm and you're so passionate and then like pretty soon you just start talking yourself out of things and then you end up in the hunch. <laughs> so now if Gene were to write a letter and do your advice column, what would be the advice you would give him? Well, what's, what's, Wait, the, what question? Write, you know, what's the question? What's your though? question? 
How does... I guess How, I'm writing to yeah, you. Okay. Dear Amber, my <laughs> friend, Jean George, oh, so talks himself out of a lot of stuff. What yep. advice can you give him to keep him from doing that? I could not talk him out of writing this letter. P.S. This is Jean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say to, like, once you start having those negative thoughts, to, like, be like, fuck you, negative thoughts. And then take action on the stuff that you're passionate about. No, I think that, let's see, that's, that's, uh, that's, I, I think I generally do that. I generally do that. I, I, it's like comedy. And, and I know I've talked about this at length on the show in previous episodes where my arc getting into comedy, I didn't, I had an opportunity to get into comedy when I was in my early 20s and I did not do that um, because so many, because this town sucks for comedy. And I, I don't know how, how bad it was back then, but but I chose to wait and get a real job and do that whole, like, here's mm-hmm. a PowerPoint presentation for you, but different other things, archaeology and whatnot. And um, it just took me a long time to realize, I do like this and I want to do it. So I do, you know, I mean, the podcast is kind of my compromise, where it's like, I really can't go out and do shitty open mics all the time. So, you know, every couple days or you know, once a week we're going to get together and we're going to talk to someone interesting and make crap jokes on, on the airwaves and I do Twitter and things like that and I write, you know, I write sketches and stuff that I throw in my little file. That's good. Well, I think, I think, um, you know, the downside to Los Angeles is that the, the comedy scene doesn't maybe hold up to New York as far as like being fun and supportive, but I feel like a lot of people in Los Angeles find alternative things to do. Like, I, I feel... Um, you know, the podcasts or short films yeah. and more experimental projects that have nothing to do with actual stand-up are happening out here. Right. Or, you know, in New York, you just, you're just doing stand-up all the time because it's so great. And out here, you're like, you need, you, you just reach a point to where you're like, I, I got to do something else. Well, I think. Or I, I'm going to go crazy. I think this, I think the support is, is, I mean, I don't know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm assuming things about New York that I don't know from, from personal experience, but. I know a lot of the comics that I know are very supportive people, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, but I just don't think the same amount of venues and it's just the logistics of comedy in this town yeah. is fucking ridiculous. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you just can't, you know, right. you, you can't do two shows a night or you can't do whatever. Yeah. But, but, so you find other outlets cause I, I, you know, I've done projects with, with other people that I've been on shows with and little video things and whatnot and. You know, like I said, writing sketch and doing shorts and things like that is viable. It's definitely a viable option. And a lot of people, we had, um, you know, Joe Wilson on here, who's a writer who does those, he does like one day plays where they sit down in the morning, they write a play, they produce it at, at night. And he's done web, you know, done web series stuff. And so I think you find, you find creative outlets, but you're definitely not going to be, you know, doing five, 10, 20 minutes sets somewhere, right. you know, regularly, unless you were really really dedicated to it right and i love it i love it to death i love doing stand-up i love the immediacy of it and the control over every aspect of what you're going to say but it you know i'm not driven to do it past the the inertia that (laughs) la causes you know if it was easy if if i lived in new york hell yeah i would you know like i'm popping down go do a set be back later see you (laughs) you know but uh, it just requires too much planning. And it's so iffy, you know? 
it's like you get on shows and it's like 20 you know 20 people there for five spots or whatever or, or they try and shoehorn 20 people into an hour and you know it's like here's your two minutes at right. <laughs> like hi i'm gene george here's half of my joke thanks everybody night <laughs> like i literally had like i've gotten up said my name got the light like really <laughs> okay because you're shoehorning like three or four more people onto the end of the show but uh yeah you were doing the uh, Supper's Ready show. Uh-huh. Um, that's not an active thing right now, or is it just on hiatus? No, we took a break because um, because we're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> because, honestly, I just think you get lazy in Los Angeles with comedy. Because I'm sitting here listening to Jean. Like, honestly, I just... So, I, no, it was. It was a monthly, and it was great. We had... It was a really good show. It was, I mean, amazing names, you know... Uh, Audience was great. I mean, we had we had a couple of dead shows, but um, I mean, it's it's hard. We, we, we another thing in LA, like you could have like a a headliner on the lineup and nobody cares, or you, I don't know, whatever. But it it was monthly. We're not doing it anymore. We might pick it up again, but I was producing it with Jeff Singer, mm-hmm. and we both we both travel a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, we, I think we did like five or six shows and it was great. It was good. We, we, we talked about looking for a new venue and just like logistically, um, it, it was difficult. So that was that. Yeah, it was, it was at Ambar. Yeah, it was at Ambar and it was fun while it lasted, but it's no more. Right. Now it, it just seems like more and more comedy is defecting away from the Ambar. Don't they have comedy? They, uh, they do like I feel like they have a lot of one-offs here and there. Mm-hmm. I think it's those red curtains and the chandeliers. <laughs> it is kind of French whorehouse in there. You know, it's so weird. You're doing comedy and we're like, oh, they're eating raviolis. It just bugs <laughs> me. But they were, they were very nice to us. It was just, you know, it's I wanted to find like a divey theater space. That would be ideal. But, um... I would be I would be into doing another month like a monthly show. Yeah. Just um, a low key one where I didn't where we don't have to pay the bar owner or have like a minimum. You know every what every comic wants when they do right. a show. Right. You don't see a comic being like I want a show where it costs twenty dollars to get in and forty dollar minimum. Where can I find that place? Hmm. Where is it? I'm a producer. I can make it happen. But they. <laughs> They um, but M bars run a lot of shows. I mean, famously a lot of shows. Right. Yeah. I just I was. They were in. I mean, I I don't I don't want to like bad. They were very. They were nice to us. Like as far as no no beef with the management or anything like that. I just feel like it's the the red curtains. They're haunted. (laughs) (laughs) I, I played music. I played a show there, and it was perfect for my purposes. Yeah, was the sound the sound good? And, yeah, and loved the, the sound. Yeah, loved the curtains. Um, had people there watching and the, the booths and. See, it would be. It's perfect for music. Yeah, I feel like because you know when when a comic's up there and I know a comic is killing. Like I'm looking at the crowd, everybody's laughing. It just the acoustics of the audience sort of. 
Well, if you have those big velvet curtains. The curtains! There's the curtains. And the chandeliers and the raviolis. <laughs> the ravioli soaks up a lot of laughter. <laughs> ravioli is the least funniest of all possible. I don't want raviolis on the menu. <laughs> um, you know what? El, El Cid was a good space for comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but um, High ceilings. High ceilings, and it was an old, it was like an old vaudeville style stage. Yeah. Are there shows still going? There's still shows going on there, right? Comedy, no. I think they have an open mic. Yeah. Yeah, but their open mic sucked. Yeah, boo. Their open mic, well, their open mic didn't suck. I won't say that. No, their open mic, the open mic that was run before management change was all right, and it had its problems, but whatever. And uh, I, I guess I stopped going there. Right after they changed management, because it got kind of hinky, you know. I think they wanted to charge for it, mm. and that always makes me feel bad. That's right. Comedy's like it's not really good for money. No, it's shitty for money, I and mean, that's the thing is I don't really care about the money. But it's like, I mean, personally, I don't care about the money because I, I mean, I have a day job. But it's it, it would be nice to it would be nice to feel like you're, you know. Th- the, the, the level of professionalism that that you having to do bringer shows or pay for stage time just completely like why would I ever want to do this why you know it doesn't seem like it's I, I'm okay doing it for free but having to pay for it over and above the money I put in my gas tank makes it seem like insane I think you could do that stuff maybe for like the first year I didn't mind doing bringer I actually when I in New York I was like I'll do a bringer show I'll do one every night <laughs> I'll make it happen but I see but and I see, then after you know a year you're like alright but see I think there's enough there's enough venues where that where that's viable and there's enough people who go out and like yeah I'm gonna, we're gonna have dinner and then we're gonna go see you know Amber do a show and then whatever then we'll go out and have drinks or whatever I, I just think that it's, you know, here it's like, I gotta convince 20 of my friends to schlep out to Pasadena to the Ice House or Haha's or whoever's doing bringers these days around here. I don't have no idea. But you know what's funny though? There are comics who will. That's, there, there, there are comics. They're not comics. losing money. I mean, these places aren't losing money. Though. I know, but it's, it's funny because I sort of get like humdrum about com- the comedy scene and like, uh, shitty shows and, and there's no audience and, but there are so, and this is what makes me question myself as like a comic because I know comics who will do, who will show up every single night, who will drive, who will oh, sure. do the bringers, who are just like, I want to be a comic and this is what I want to do. And so I always question myself because if I get in that like, um, you know, I, I was like, what, am, what? Why am I doing comedy? Because I know that I do, I don't want to I don't want to be a a road comic and. Unless I already, so I, I make it some other way to where I already have, like, a following. Right. I don't want it, because I've, I've experienced it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have it in me. You know, maybe I'm not meant, meant to be, like, a hardcore comic. And, and, I, and I think about that, because I was like, if, if I'm not going to shows every night, so, something's, it's, it's, it's me, not just the shittiness of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, that's why I think it's so important to, um... Well, I think to understand when and why you do it, and other and the other things that you create, whether it's a podcast or like a short film or a blog, or you write a movie or you or you get into acting, I just because otherwise it's like yeah, I I just question. I'm like, am 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 I a comic? 
I do shows every once in a while. I get, I do good. I, I enjoy the shows that I do, and, and, and I'm lucky for the lineups that I've been involved in, but I always, like, question my passion yeah. or, like, my dedication to it. That sounds like a good sequel to the uh, documentary I Am Comic. Am, Am I, I a comic? comic? <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, by the way, for the yeah. record, uh, second Wednesdays of uh, every month, at the uh, El Cid, the Oh My Gato comedy um, event. And uh, they Who have. Who runs that? Uh, that would be. Um, Tammy Joe Deeren. So. Shaking my head. No idea who that is. We will have oh, she runs a lot. She does a show yeah. at, at Malo. It's really fun. She, she's like. Pr- she does a bunch of shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. She got cred. All right. And they're uh, doing the mock there, apparently, which I know that's storytelling, really? but yeah. Yeah, uh, actually a day after uh, Do they tell stories this podcast about... drops, the 21st. Do they tell stories about eating woolen clothes? No, but they should. They should, because it's a Maybe you could win their next slam. Uh, Maybe if you got a good story about that. No, I don't. Right. Um, well, I think the... the I think you can rationalize not doing things, but I think if you're if you're clearly assessing what you want, and that is not to have to schlep all over the place and to do other things that are creative. Right. I mean, I, I think I think it's easy to fall in the trap of of saying it kind of sucks for comedy. There's no place. Yeah, it's easy to do that and sit. And... Yeah, but you're right. No, pe- I mean, if I, I I can I could name a few people who are doing that who are cranking it out yeah they're not necessarily the best comics and they hustle but whatever it's like good on them um i yeah that but but seeing that just just always makes me question um what my intentions are as far as right because you do you i think you do what you want to do in life i mean like we're all afraid of a lot of things but at the end of the day like if you really 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 want to do something right you do it yeah, no, agreed, agreed. I just think, I, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm sort of dealing with a lot of that in my, in my own head of what what can I do with the amount of time that I have, you know? Because yeah. I'm not, I mean, for me personally, I'm not, you know, 20 years old and, you know, have no obligations to... You have a baby! I have a little wee baby. Where's the baby? Where's the baby? What time is it? Let's go. It's 4.30. Get the baby. The baby will be here in an hour. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I don't have time to hustle, you know, right. I, and I, and I, I, I tried hustling as much as I could before the baby came and I don't want to hustle. I don't want to do that. You know, I, I don't want to like have to crank through. What do you want, Jamie? What do I want? I want everything handed to me with a big <laughs> fucking silver platter. Good luck. <laughs> I just need to buy a silver platter and then someone can hand me stuff on it. I have one in my trunk. <sighs> um... I actually have a nice crate and barrel porcelain platter. Um, what do I want? I, I want to, uh, you know, to do funny things with people that I enjoy hanging out with, and that's kind of really the, the impetus for like this thing and some of the stuff that I do. It's like, you know, I, I think I'm getting what I want out of this. I would, you know, I want to write and produce sketch, and you know, if that means doing video, um, because that fits in my schedule. You know, but I know this is the thing is I'm over the hurdle of I'm over the hurdle of can I do this? Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm at the place of, well, what do I have time to do? 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's to me the the where I'm trying to figure out, you know, between my obligations with my family and, and life in general, you know, what can I put out there, you know? So that's the hard question. But I think you are funny. And if you want to do funny things for a living, you can do those. Or do things yes. funny. Thank you. Because. Do things funny. Like, well, I mean, let's, let's not detract from your first passion of mattress sales. I'm, I'm over the mattresses. What? I'm over. One day, it was like I hit a mattress bottom. I remember the moment. I, I was getting sick of it, but I was like, this is how I make money now. And it was still sort of working, but the market was getting very saturated. Because mm-hmm. other people hopped up, like, because we would post on Craigslist. And we, when we first started doing it, we could sell 20, 25 in three days, no problem. But then more people started, yeah, yeah, yeah. then more competitors jumped on, whatever. So it that became. That is classic market saturation. You have a business degree, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> very I do. well. I, lo- I love coming up with ideas to make money, or like ideas in general. Usually, usually I'll come up with an idea and then do nothing with it. But um, I, I, I like, I like ideas. Is that so dumb to say? <laughs> no, that's not. Bad. not I bad like ideas. That's gonna be my new blog. I like yeah. ideas. There's an idea person. Um, like Don Draper. He's an idea person. That's right. Fictional idea person. No, no, John Hamm is. He plays him. He's not. He's not fake. <laughs> he's a real person. Fair enough. But anyway, um, I'm gonna try to shoehorn in a joke real quick. Oh yeah. God, please! Why don't you telegraph that, Brody? That'll make it even more natural. We're, this is gonna be an experiment. Go right ahead. So, did you get uh, like bad treatment? You said from other Craigslist people when you you said when you tried to do that, sell mattresses and stuff. Um, when I tried to sell in Los Angeles. Yeah, but you didn't put up with that, right? No. No, because you're not gonna take that line down. Mattresses. Oh you're, 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 you're gonna hang on. That I one. like. You're no. gonna hang on that one, Brody. Yeah. Brody went up for that. The, I've been impressed by that because you I actually had to, to ask me a question, another question in between before oh, you got I, to the punchline. We're, we're an hour and twenty minutes in the podcast. I've been waiting an hour and twenty minutes to use that joke. <laughs> I wait for my spots. Oh man. I'm like you're so assassin. polite. You're, like the you're so polite. You just you just sit and listen and wait. <laughs> Sort of thinking about what you're going to say. Well, I, for one, <laughs> am going to say that was worth the wait. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm going to put my head back down. On Fair enough. <laughs> While you do that, Amber. Yes. You, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you got down to the whole mattress thing. You, how did you, now my wife was a nanny. That's actually, she had an interesting career path in that. She went to school for cinema makeup. Oh. Tried to get job involved in that somehow. Interviewed at a company. Didn't get that job. The guy saw on her resume, oh, you did nannying back in uh, San Jose. We need a nanny. Fell into a nanny job. Did that for a few years until it morphed into her current gig, preschool teaching. Um, Oh, cutie. Yeah, that's that story. But you... (laughs) Yeah, that's that story. (laughs) We have already had her on the show. We don't need to talk about that. Um, But yeah, so how did you fall into that? Or did you pursue it? I... um... I work with kids with autism, so I got mm-hmm. certified as a behaviorist, and I was working at a school. At, this was after the mattresses, and I had a friend of a friend who's a, a special needs consultant. She was like, you should work with the kids, and I said, okay. So I worked at a school, got certified to work with kids 
um, who have autism, and then I didn't want to work for the school anymore. Just like, yeah, I. It's I, like an institution, you know. God bless everybody who <laughs> who works at schools, but it's I. I don't know. I just I, wanted I to work talk privately. to somebody this weekend who did the same thing, had the same. Yeah. Kind of like, okay. I, well, I think they're still involved in the system. So. Right. But then they're just like, Ugh. it's just like a. I don't. I, for me, I mean, it's the the the. the going to the same place every day and seeing the same people and mm-hmm. the rules and, yeah. and the routine. I, I was going bananas. But I, I, um, they, I got certified, so it was awesome. I got all this paid training, and the kids were so cute. I worked with the younger kids. And then I got certified, and then I wanted to do all private work. And so I, ha- I got one – I started with this family just, like, doing um, play therapy on the weekends. And once I told them that I was leaving the school, they are like, well – you can work as much as you want. So basically, I became like a glorified nanny mm-hmm. for um, and yeah, their son has autism. So yeah. and I and it's perfect. that would be awkward if it didn't. I know I was like his therapist. He was like, completely neurotypical. All right, hey dude, <laughs> I get it. All right, can we stop? <laughs> I'm like, I think he's okay. Why'd you guys hire me? No, no, he's got autism. I swear. <laughs> We're trying to keep up with the neighbors whose child has autism. Right, it's, Ours it's has trendy. Autism. It's trendy. It's trendy. Now, he has autism. How horrible right. would that be? How how much a bunch of dickweeds would those people be? I bet you there are, there. I bet you there are people who are like, yeah, you know, like I'm sure something's wrong with them. But I don't know about autism because I, I think especially in severe cases it's pretty easy to, to to see. But I do think with a lot of especially being a parent and listening to other parents and looking on websites and things like that. It's like, you know, um, and my daughter is, you know, healthy and happy. And as far as I can tell, completely, you know, going through normal development as, as I can tell, but as a layman, but I think there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, my child has allergies and and ADHD. And all of that, you know, it's like, you know, maybe your kid is like a kid. Right. Maybe they're being willful because they're children and that's how they test boundaries and you suck as a parent because you don't react correctly and you right. have the bad behaviors and you know, but it's like, oh, little kid, just, and, and it's just some, I, I, some parents are just like, I just, really, I'm just, as long as my child doesn't swallow a bunch of tacks or crack her head open, it's like, we watch her, we love her, we read to her, we play with her, it's like. What else are you gonna do? She has a rash. We take her to the doctor. It's like, but I think people just nowadays are so like, children are fragile eggs that must be coddled. And, you know, like I think it just depends on who you know, what you want to do with your kid. Yeah, <laughs> like and I feel like so it, 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 there's just so many different things that you could say. I mean, I don't have any kids. I work with kids, and but. And you could go the other way. I've known some parents that that waited to even get the their their kid was a little off, mm-hmm. and they were like, "No, he's fine. He's fine. Oh, right, he's right, fine." So they you know, they sort of the denial. So I think, yeah, everybody's I, so different. I'd argue every yeah kid has their own set of challenges. Oh, I'm sure that's that, true. Um, Absolutely, it's true. So, but but I'm I. I think that there are, I guess, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating. The overprotective neurotics, and then there's the people, you know. Or, yeah, I mean, or I think that there, I think there are people for whom, you know, having a child with problems is, is something they want. I mean, I think that's, I think that there can't be, you know, I mean, I guess the more experience I have as a parent, you know, 
and thinking back on my childhood, it's like the the old joke is that nobody ever died of eating peanut butter when I was a kid. What what suddenly happened in 1992 or whatever it is that well, now everyone's allergic to peanut butter? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, but you can't ignore that. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that <laughs> anaphylaxis from from food allergies is not a problem. I. But I'm saying is is it seems to me that it's there's like all of a sudden. I think as a human species, we're like developing and, and evolving in in weird ways. Honestly, I yeah. mean, autism is. I mean, some okay. There's a spectrum of autism. Right. As an example, you can be completely high functioning. You you might even see a kid with autism you don't even notice it and on the other hand they're like low functioning it's completely obvious something is up with this kid so there's this huge spectrum but nonetheless like it's one in 90 now something ridiculous so it's like a mixture of being overdiagnosed and you know it's not the vaccines we we that was a that was an issue i think as a as humans we are evolving in a way i mean think about it we could probably, I mean, these kids are amazing on computers. Put them in front of it, they'll figure it out, everything's fine. They're, they're, they're savants, but they just don't want to communicate. But we, we could probably go through life right now without any human interaction and make a living, um, you know. Yeah, It's not ideal, that, yeah. but I mean, who, 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 maybe like it's supposed to be this way. You could live your life on a computer, and you, you can <laughs> I direct deposit. Did I get direct deposit? I could have groceries delivered. I just feel yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I yeah, it's, it's being overdiagnosed, but I, I do think as as humans, we're just evolving. Yeah, no, weird, well, not in a weird way. Not specifically autism, but but the the, the peanut thing really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it does because I mean, you know, peanuts and tree nuts and ground nuts are like a staple in most of the world where protein is in, is not inexpensive like it is in the Western Hemisphere. You know, it's like in Africa, you eat a lot of peanuts and you don't die. People don't, you know, rampantly die or have horrible allergic reactions or whatever. Yeah. You know, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't have the science to figure it out. What about these? <laughs> what about these these nuts? <laughs> Oh, Brody, Brody, Brody. <laughs> How long were you thinking about that before that you I said just, it? That yes. one just came off the top of my head. Oh, good. And I think it, um, I think it, yeah. I think that, <laughs> I think it shows. <laughs> did not have the, uh, did not have the, uh, the slow burn of a Brody Foster Hubbard joke. No. Um. Yeah, see, I, I am interested in that, um debate between is it overdiagnosis or is it um environmental conditions or whatever are such that it's developing more as opposed to are we getting better or are we over diagnosed right well i, I think know, it's maybe. both i think it's i think it's both yeah. i do think we're i think it's environmental mm-hmm. for sure because i just th- because you can say it, it's being overdiagnosed, but then you just go in the schools and then you see the severe cases, and there's a lot. Yeah. You know, I think an overdiagnosis is being like, ah, eh, little kid's quirky, and, you know, he's not that social. They might put that label on him. Yeah. Because it's not like you could take a blood test, you know, it's just like this, assu- right. this assessment. So, 
But I do think, like, or maybe it's just because I'm in that world and I'm talking about it and dealing with specialists and, like, kids and parents. Well, yeah. and well, so I'm always, like, around it. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. everybody has autism. <laughs> but it's just, like, if I'm you're so doing your, If you're doing your job, yes, everyone Everybody knows. has autism. But, um, uh, I don't know. I gotta, I think it's both. No, I, I think it has to be. I mean, well, especially, like you say, because it isn't, like, there isn't a definitive, you know, it, it's, 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 there's not a definitive test for it. It's... Right. observational and you can always make a bad observation or right. somebody has a bad day and like you say it is a spectrum of going from almost unobservable to like oh yeah you're crippled by this yeah. <laughs> there's, just, there's just no two ways about it so yeah. and there certainly is historical precedent for people who obviously were withdrawn from society or you know autistic savants or things like that you can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com you can Twitter us at at ShakyTownRadio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ShakyTownRadio. Send us an email at ShakyTownRadio at gmail.com or call us on the ShakyTownRadio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. So, Amber, what, um, you have your, your trials coming up here for the holidays, obviously. Yes. And then, um, where can we look out for more projects you have your twitter at twitter.com slash amber tozer yes all one word as we just discovered mm-hmm. yes favestar.com slash amber tozer <laughs> yeah favestar me i didn't even know that existed what's wrong what's wrong with me <laughs> you're just not steeped in twitter culture i'm not i i gave a, i i wasn't on twitter for a few months actually and then i came back yeah i noticed that it was funny it's like i like i stopped I, doing it why? Any particular reason? Because I, because I, well, I, my Twitter was going straight to my Facebook. Right. And then I stopped doing that because my mom got on Facebook and I was being really dirty and dark. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> And so then I just started updating on Facebook. Petting and, a puppy. Yep. <laughs> Boy, I, I sure love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. But, so I just, I was like, oh, I can't do both. And I'm sort of a ranter and need a little bit. Right. But now I'm back on it. Yeah, see my, my back on it. My my, uh, my Twitter pumps to my Facebook, and I just honestly don't care if people see it twice. Yeah. They can just pretend they're at the. the I've thought about it. I'm like, if I can stop, if I could, if I could n- not have my mom look at this, I would just rather. I would love to be so cool, be like, fuck it, I'm an artist, do what I do what I want. But I, you know, when you go back home, block her. Well, have her block you. No, she'll get like, so sad. Sneak, sneak, sneak into no, send her messages and stuff. I think you can still send. Can you send messages? Or if you block, block somebody, that but can block off the erase. wall, off the wall. She'll she'll know. <laughs> and then like tell her, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about like taking a break from this. I want to be friends with her. You could be friends. That's the thing is, you'd be friends with her, but but you know, but you need when she's like logged in, sneak in and block her. Block you off of her front page, and then when she notices, I'll be like, "Yeah." No, no, send her messages and stuff. No, send her messages and stuff. We don't send each other messages. Well, there you go. You start like, "I'm gonna," you know, "I want to say contact." So you know, send her like a message every couple days. She'll never know, dude. She will never know. Never. Never ever. She will go to her grave never knowing you deceived her horribly with her own child, her own flesh and blood. 
I've deceived her already. <laughs> oh my god. She already has money saved up for my funeral. Really? Yeah. How horrifying. <laughs> I know. What? Big plans for the kid. <laughs> I know. I, I I talk about it on stage, but she has a few grand ready for me to die. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> really? Oh man. But I, I just think it's something that but does she have that for any of your other siblings? Yeah. Or she's like, oh yeah, she's gonna be a dead. But I asked, I asked her if she had a trust fund because I was, pre- I've been pretty good about not asking for money, and I called to ask her for money, and she was like, the only money I have saved up for you is for your fun- funeral, and I was like, well, can I get some of my death money? And she wouldn't <laughs> give me any. Well, obviously, because oh, I can. <laughs> what if you say I'm planning to become a zombie? I need to become one of the walking undead. Oh, I don't want to think about it. I'm sorry. I don't want to think about it. What's the next question? Also, in the event that you don't die, and uh, we find you on Twitter, where else can we find you? Um, on Facebook.com backslash Amber Tozer. And my dance videos are YouTube.com backslash Gritty Mushrooms. Sorry, I can't change that name. It's a good source of vitamin D. Yeah. Gritty mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. I, I and the, what, what's the grit though? You could be if the grit is something toxic, you could completely be blowing that oh, vitamin man. D. Just thing. Earth, man. Just mushrooms. You know what mushrooms grow in? Decay. <laughs> That's why it's gritty. <laughs> I can't change that. You can't change the URL uh, on a YouTube. I know. I thought it, I thought it was weird and cool, like. Eight years ago, um, <laughs> there's a lot of that. I, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think, like email, email names, domain names, and things like that are going to be the bad, regrettable tattoo of the '90s. Right. It's like, uh, why did I pick that username? Uh, all right, send the okay. Uh, yeah, you can send uh, send the resume to geniusnohomo at yahoo.com. <laughs> Go right ahead. Don't. And by the way, that's not my email address at Yahoo. Don't send that. I don't know who that might be, but I'm sure not. Well, you know, maybe he's a feminine. Got tired of people assuming. <laughs> Sorry, geniusnohomo at yahoo.com. Um. Yeah. Well, it's been great having you on the show. I, you are one of my uh, you you were always fun to hang out with, uh, and um, you know, uh, and and working, uh, helping you promote the supper's ready was fun. So um, yeah, I hope it comes thank back. you. I'd be happy to help with that again if you'd like. Thank um, you. We look forward to the announcement of your travel, travel secret travel series. project. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so definitely. We'll, yeah, that would be so nice of you guys to. Yeah. Yeah. That would be our absolute pleasure. So um, about it. Uh, what else? Anything else? And thank you for your candor. Your candor. Your insight. <laughs> your candor. And your dancing. Yeah. Thank you. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, also, this is uh, this is the Christmas episode. Oh, we didn't even talk Maybe. about Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy generic holidays, Brody, Mr. Political Correctness. <laughs> Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> And solstice. Texas is the reason that the president's dead. <laughs> anyway, Jesus uh, is the reason for the season. <laughs> well, you know that. No. Um. Have very. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Brody. Merry Christmas, Dean George. You and Yorin. And yours as well. <laughs> and Amber, yours as well. Yeah. Thanks. So have have fun in Hawaii. Thanks. So where are you going to Hawaii with the Big Islander? 
Kona. Whatever, dude. Kona. Kona coffee. Whatever, dude. Not to Molokai, where they kept the lepers. <laughs> the Molokai were in the leper colony for the longest time. I think I it know. was. Could be. I don't think you have to worry about that. Much, is there? No, I'm I'm going no. fancy. I'm going. Very cool. You you, you picked the uh, the non leper tour. Yeah. It's part of my nanny contract. Yeah. Well, you know, it's <laughs> like getting the kosher meal. <laughs> it's yeah. the kosher center seat kosher meal. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, uh, but definitely um, um, happy happy holidays uh, 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 to to everyone who is, is kind enough to listen to the show. We appreciate your feedback um, all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a has a good Christmas and. <laughs> There's my dog Uh-oh. coughing something up in the background. <laughs> oh, God. He's seriously gonna barf on the floor. So, uh, and God bless us, everyone. Right, tiny candy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so uh, we'll we'll be back after the holiday. Absolutely. So until that time, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. And I'm Amber Tozer. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> J- Jody Foster. What? Did I say Jody Foster? Where is a baby? Oh. Can I talk? <laughs> Almost. In a minute. <laughs> Please talk. I'm not going to say your names. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>